Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 353 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Yes, it's Darren. Remember me? I know it's been a minute. I think it's been about 10 days since, uh, 11 days since I've done an episode and I apologize. Uh, yes, my, uh, my, my Cal Ripken like streak is over. Um, yeah, the last, uh, the last little while has been kind of hit and miss, but, uh, we're going to get the schedule back to normal here starting tomorrow and, uh, we'll be back in the groove here with our, our Wednesday and Sunday editions here going forward here in the new year. How's everybody's 2024 so far? Pretty, uh, yeah, it's been been a little different, as I, uh, for regular listeners know. But in case we got some new folks, um, I started a new job, and uh, so this, my schedule has been changed. And uh, last two weeks have been a little different. At uh, you know, out of the comfort zone, and uh, you know, longer shifts, and uh, yeah, so it's been a little different. But um, I want to get, I won't get into all that. The work situation's been a little. Been a little weird, um, and uh, but it's it's we're it's working itself out. But uh, uh, it's been a it's been an eye opening um, new adventure. We'll put it that way. But uh, we're we're gonna get back to normal here right away. So, but I hope uh, hope everybody's doing well. Um, you know, in the beginnings part of the new year here, I got papers falling all over here. Hold on. Um, well, today's episode we are. Uh, um, you know, we're going to 
right? Hockey cards, always a good thing. We got some 1990-91 Upper Deck pack of that, so it's always exciting to open up on an audio podcast. Um, I had a, I had somebody come and visit me from he he left the him and his him and his lovely wife they leave the beautiful BC to fly into Saskatoon in January. Yeah, how's how's that one? You know, uh yeah. I mean I, I mean I guess Port of Vallarta was full, so we're gonna come to Saskatoon in January. And uh you, you know, he, he landed, it was a you know, it, it was a minus forty six. It was dry you know, it was a dry cold though. And uh, you know, a little trouble with the planes, uh delays. I believe he was stayed overnight, you know, trying to trying to leave this trying to leave this place. They wouldn't let him leave. Ice everywhere. Um, you know, talk about that. Um and I, oh, and Tim, you're going to be excited here. List guy Tim's pumped. The first list of 2024. Yeah, somebody sent it to me. It's the the NHL's all time most hated. You know, we're gonna maybe we're gonna start off on the you know in a bad mood here for 2024 show. The most hated, and it's a newer list that was made in December. So someone sent it to me. I can't remember who. We'll go through who who the list is from and everything else. But uh, we'll see who's on that on that gem. Um, yeah, and oh, and a, and a comeback. A 47-year-old is going to celebrate his birthday by playing in the East Coast Hockey League tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that, but um, you know, uh, well, before we get into everything, uh, as a, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 100 shows on the network. I'm on the original content creator side, along with Jolt and Joe Lazito and Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast, and Jordan at Five in a Game. Oh, he came home. I finally heard from him. It's been months. Thought we lost him, but he came back, and he actually has an interview this weekend, and uh, so he'll be, he's back in the groove, and uh, so it's good to hear from him again. I'll have to get him on the show again. We'll uh, catch up and see what he's been up to, um, but uh, yeah. So, and Alec is in the process of moving once again. Oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, he's got to take the blocks off from the wheels, prop the, you know. It's a good thing the home has wheels, though. So, he'll be on the move. They're off to Tennessee. The hills of Tennessee. The Smoky Mountains. Off to Tennessee. So, uh, yeah. So, he's, you know, that guy's like a fart in a blanket. Never sitting still. Always on the move, that kid. So, uh, you know, he's he'll be... Uh, well, I mean, his podcast is about bi-monthly anyway. He likes to do a he likes to do a quarterly show a year. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll wait. I'm sure he'll come up with something great in March. Uh, well, same with Lazito. Uh, you know, he's busy recording it's, uh, about a 14 parter. So, uh, you know, we'll get to it. But uh, if you happen to be uh, on the YouTube's, as my mom says. Check out the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. I have over 3,500 subscribers, 2,000 videos on there. Uh, all the leagues, whatever league you're looking for, just type it in. Boom, up it'll come. Uh, subscribe to the channel, please. If you're watching the video, like it because uh, that helps me on the content creator side. It helps the algorithms. Same as the show. As I always say, I know, I know it's 2024, but it's like a broken record. Um, my pod, whatever podcast you're listening to, not just mine. But uh, if you enjoy the show, please rate and review the show. Uh, the little star rating at the top, uh, if you could review it that or just rate it, that would be great. Because, again, it helps in the algorithms. It helps the creator out. And uh, they would be deeply, deeply appreciate it. And uh, download, don't stream. Because that's how we get paid. So I'd appreciate that. Thank you. There's the PSA, the new one for 2024. But... Um, 
Well, before we get into the uh, to the fun stuff and everything else, unfortunately, we have a few uh, few incidents we have to talk about, and, a, and a, unfortunately, a, a tough guy passed away here yesterday. Uh, Glenn Cochran, unfortunately, uh, died from cancer at sixty five years old. Uh, much too young for that stuff, but uh, yeah, Captain Caveman. I was a big fan of, of Glenn Cochran. You know those old late seventies, early eighties uh, flyers, and uh, you know the the Cooper all is coming out of his gear. Oh yeah, beard. The guy was uh, he could throw down, boy. Um, third round pick. Uh, you know, forty seventh overall. Uh, came out of the Western League. Uh, won the Calder Cup with Maine in seventy nine. Um, Ended up playing 411 career games. He had 89 career points, 1,556 penalty minutes, playing on four teams. He played in Philly, Vancouver, Chicago, and Edmonton. And, um, yeah, I was a big fan of, uh, of, of Glenn Cocker. And, and, uh, he, after, after, uh, after his, after hockey playing life, uh, he played, he was a scout actually with, uh, Colorado and Anaheim. And, uh, he appears on the Ice Guardians documentary as well. And, um, yeah, sad to see, sad, damn cancer, man. And, uh, 65, and I know we've been battling it for a while and, uh, rest in peace, uh, Glenn Cochran. Um, and also another bit, I, I, I normally, I don't scroll much on Facebook, but I happened to be this morning and I came across a very, uh, you know, upsetting uh, post. It was a friend of the show, uh, Marco Cefalo, who was a guest in the show and I've talked to on online quite a bit in the last couple years um unfortunately uh last night he put it on facebook they had a house fire and uh in the in the fireplace and uh yeah lost uh lost everything unfortunately the house burned down and uh fortunately all family members and family pets and everybody got out safely and uh so which is you know obviously the main thing but uh unfortunately uh Everything is gone in terms of uh, their possessions in the house, and uh, so that was that was really sad to read. And uh, you know, um, I'm wishing uh, you know, obviously he's not you know whatever, but uh, I'm I'm wishing the best for Marco. And uh, if you happen to be, uh, I know there's some friends of his that listen to this show. Uh, you know, um, encourage to encourage folks to reach out. And uh, Marco is a good guy, and uh, I was it was upsetting to read that, and I'm feeling bad. Um, you know, I'm sending positive thoughts to, uh, him and his family and, uh, that's a trying times boy. And, uh, but uh, hopefully the community, it sounds like the community is coming together for him. And, uh, you know, you know, I guess as long as the main thing is, is everybody got out and is safe and that and healthy and, uh, you can always rebuild. Right. So, um, you know, I, I wish, uh, going forward, uh, all the best to Marco Cefalo and his family. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of a, you know, kind of a, a you know, we're, we're upsetting way to start the show. I don't like, you know, unfortunately these things happen and, uh, you know, wish all the best for all those involved and, um, you know, uh, uh, rest in peace to Glenn Cochran and, um, yeah, how about we move on? We'll, uh, we'll open these hockey cards. We'll, we'll. We'll we'll uh, we'll we'll step we'll pivot here and we'll uh, turn we'll we'll make a positive note here. We're gonna open these hockey cards and uh, we'll see who we get. We'll uh, okay. Well, right at the top we got Ray Bork. So there you go. We're off to a good start, old Ray Ray. Uh, fifty goals in fifty games, Brett Hall. 
Paul Eisbart, rookie. There you go, the New Jersey Devils. Um, I will say, Paul Eisbart, um, I took late in a hockey draft. Hold on, I'm going to... Uh, here, talk amongst yourselves while I look this up really quick. Um, I I always will. Uh, whenever I used to do the hockey, because it was like the snake one. I eh? everybody pick you know, blah, you first, second, third, and then you get to tenth, ten, nine, eight, you know, back down. Um, I I always enjoyed the hockey drafts, but the thing that I always I always tried to be smarter. Like I always tried to like I always tried to outsmart myself, and uh, you know, and I would. Um, I'd always take these late round flyers, like on guys that were just like no name guys that it was like, and most of the time it crashed and burned bad. Every once in a while, like because I always say in the first few rounds that doesn't that's not what wins you the draft. It's your late picks that win you the draft, right? And I talked about the one year. Uh, do you remember Sergey Makarov, the Russian for Calgary? I believe in his in his rookie year he had eighty points. Uh, anyway, I got him last. He was like, and this is like a fifteen guy draft. So you imagine fifteen. 15 people in the draft taking like 10 guys, a piece, you know, 150. And this is back in the 80s and shit. So, um, yeah, if you can get 80 points out of your like final pick, yeah, you're winning that draft. And I did. Um, yeah, Paul Eisbart. I, I remember, yeah, right here, he had 50. Yeah, it was 91 92. I remember I was in a draft and I took him as a flyer and he ended up, uh, yeah, it was, he was my last pick, but he had 35 goals to wing, 75 points that year. And, uh, yeah, I ended up, uh, Winning that draft by, uh, thank you, Paul Eisbart. So I remember I had a bunch of his cards and I mean, he, he looked like, like a hot prospect at the time. I mean, back to back 30 goal seasons, you're like, oh, all right, here we go. And then unfortunately, you know, kind of fatal, fizzled after that, but had a couple strong seasons. Oh, Dean Kennedy. There you go. Where there's some, there's some salt to your blue line right there. I'm a big Dean Kennedy fan. He's got that old knuckle buster helmet on and he's ready to rock and roll. Um, a little Sergei Fedorov. There you go. Uh, Young Guns Checklist. Serge Fedorov. All right. Glenn Hanlon. All right. A checklist. Yeah, that's what, every, that's what every kid wants is a checklist. Oh, a Young Gun Pavel Bure. Well, there you go. That's uh, not too bad. Well, actually, that's not a bad look. That's not a bad card. We'll kind of keep that to the side. There you go. Oh, top, yeah, Jason Miller, high draft pick. Uh, yeah, former Medicine Hat Tiger. Yeah, unfortunately didn't, uh, didn't pan out, but, uh, there you go. Oh, all star Wales Conference, Darren Turcott. Remember that guy? Yeah. Yeah, with the Rangers. I remember it was like him and Waite and Amante and all those guys. Yeah, they were the, the young guns for the Rangers at the time. Mark LaForest. Rookie, there you go, or it was not his rookie, but tree as they'd call him. There you go. Um, yeah, I remember he uh, he went a couple of rounds with Sean Burke one time, much to uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that, but uh, yeah. So there you go. There's the the 1990-91 upper deck card. So I gotta say though, a Pavel Bure Young Guns card. Uh, that's not too bad. This actually looks in like shit. This is actually pretty good shape here. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna go look up some '90s '90s junk on on, on eBay. I mean, I know you got to get these cards graded these days and all that stuff, but uh, I'm I'm just curious what a Pavel Bure Young Guns. 
what do we got here? Well, not too much. New listing. Young Guns. Pavel, PSA 10. Uh, so 11 bucks. Oh, there we go. Oh, here's another one, though. PSA Gem 10. It's got three bids. It's up to 60. 60 bucks. There you go. PSA 9, 26. Number 9. Uh, not, PSA 9, 50 bucks. Ah, there you go. Oh, this guy, wishful thinking, PSA 10, he's got it listed for $180. Well, there you go. Here, I'm just kind of looking at this one here. It's, uh, yeah, the corners are sharp. It looks centered. I don't know. It's a pretty nice looking card. I got to say, not too bad coming out of a Dollarama pack. Uh, there you go. I mean, I got about a million of those buried somewhere, but, uh, yeah. I, I definitely, it's, it's always more enjoyable to get the Dollarama pack than it is the, uh, the other pack that I got. Oh, yeah. Swedish, the Swedish uh, Elite League cards. Yeah. I have about 300 packs of these damn things. I know I sent some to Jay and his, uh, along with his cheesies and his coffee crisps. Here's some Swedish cards for you. Um, all right. Well, there we go. That was exciting, wasn't it, gang? Yeah. Um, hockey cards. Uh, on an audio potty. I always enjoy that, but, um, uh, well, I, w- I mentioned at the top of the show we have a we have a we have a we have a character making a making a comeback. Uh, he's he's actually Terry Ryan, old Ted Hitchcock from Shorzy, member of the Hockey Podcast Network, old TR Tales of TR. He's got a show on the network. Well, he has turned forty-seven years old today, January fourteenth, and you know what he's going to do to celebrate? He is actually suiting up with the Newfoundland Growlers of the East Coast Hockey League. And playing tonight. So, uh, go get him, TR. I love it. You know, knowing TR, that crazy bastard, watch, he'll fight tonight. He'll drop the gloves with someone or something. Um, cause it's definitely, I know, I don't think he's taking this as some publicity stuff. I mean, New, Newfoundland, it's the East Coast League. I'm sure, obviously, they probably have some injuries. That's why, you know, Terry's in the lineup. But, uh, you know, former first round pick of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I've always here to promote his books, Tales of a First Round Nothing, and then his second book, uh, Films, Fight, and Folklore. Uh, which both books I highly recommend um, to check out. Great. Um, I will say now, for those that don't have the books, if you're interested in the books, get a hold of Terry personally. He's all over social media. Get a hold of him. Send him a DM. Um, he will sell you the book personally. It's cheaper than going, and he'll autograph it and everything for you. And um, I don't know if it's cheaper than in the store. I mean, it's not much more. I think it's 20 bucks, 20 bucks. But he'll autograph it for you. Plus, though, but he doesn't have, there's no middle guy, so it's, you know, he gets the profit. So, um, if you actually want to buy those books, get a hold of Terry, and, uh, yeah. Like I said, he's all over Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and everything else. He's an easy guy to, uh, and he's always, um, he's easy to get a hold of, and he'll, he's, he'll get back to you right away. So, I would recommend doing that. But those books, in all seriousness, though, those books are great books, great reads. Terry's a great writer, and, um... I'm actually looking forward to, I, I, I haven't talked to him. I, I always keep saying I need to get him back on the show. I had him on the show way back when, but, uh, yeah, and, but he's a busy dude and everything else. But now that they're done filming season three of Shorzy, um, I, I want to get a hold of him and, uh, you know, we can talk about Shorzy and obviously this comeback game and, and just what he's been up to. And there's always some fun stories. Maybe we'll do like his five toughest guys or something. We can do something like that with Terry and, uh, um, you know, I, I text him periodically. We go back and forth, but, uh, and he said he'd come on the show and everything. I just, uh, you know, 
I got a bunch of people that say they're gonna they're they're coming on the show, and uh, I need to reach out and get a hold of. So, but yeah, Terry Ryan suiting up at forty seven years old. Here we go. But uh, yes, old uh, old Tony, my friend Tony, who has been on the show of numerous few times, lives out in Vancouver. Um, he decided to uh, him and his lovely wife Tapestry decided to come into town, fly in. I remember he told me a couple months back that they're coming in January. I'm like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Uh, but they're big Western Hockey League fans. He has been for decades. Big Vancouver Giants season ticket holders. While the Giants were on the road here, playing in Saskatchewan and Prince Albert and Saskatoon, and for something, to, and they had ne- and their I think their goal is obviously to go to every arena in the Western League and all that. And they've been to many, uh, but they hadn't been to Sask Place or Sask, whatever the hell it's called now. I always guess call it Sask Place here in Saskatoon, and they hadn't been to the uh, Art Hauser Arena in Prince Albert, so. They uh, flew in and saw the Giants play a couple nights, once in PA and one in Saskatoon. And uh, unfortunately, with my new my new job, um, I didn't quite have all the time off that I it wasn't like my old job. I can kind of come and go and whatever. With this new one of training and everything, I didn't want to. Oh, I'm gonna leave, you know. But uh, I did actually manage to sneak away in the afternoon. And unfortunately, they were supposed to be in 11:30. The plane was delayed. They finally showed up at 4:30. And they were uh, catching a ride out to Prince Albert at like 7. So we didn't really have a lot of time, but we did go out for supper. And we uh, went to, uh, we initially were going to go to, uh, he, Tony was in, he, he had heard about Fuddruckers. And he wanted to go to Fuddruckers, and I love me some Fuddruckers. Uh, but unfortunately, it's on the other side of the city, and I don't know how much time we had. And uh, so we didn't get a chance to go there. So uh, tried to go to Boston Pizza on 51st Street, but it was closed. I'm like, really? I didn't realize it was closed. So we went to Original Joe's. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of the shits and it was really expensive. It was funny. Tony and I ordered wraps and the waitress comes back and she's a very young girl, very nice and everything. But she's like, yeah, we don't have any wraps. We're out of wraps. It's like, you're out of bread? What? We ended up ordering burgers or whatever, but it was like, it was like 20 bucks for the burger and shit. I was like, ah, should have went to Fuddruckers. But anyway, but it was fun to sit there and finally meet them in person. I've known, I've air quote, known Tony for couple 20 years who used to trade tapes with and everything else uh but i never met him in person talked to him on the phone a million times had him on the podcast a bunch of times uh you know so it was finally nice to finally meet him and his wife and uh yeah we sat there for a couple hours uh having having a dinner enjoyable conversation and uh um it was fun i just uh i wish we could have spent more time together but they had to head out to prince albert and everything else and uh but uh um i'm planning hopefully to get out to bc uh, here this summer, once the school break happens, uh, summer holidays. So, um, you know, hopefully we can see him and my boy Napes on. I see Napes out BC and, uh, and, uh, and, and all that. So hopefully that can happen. Uh, we'll have to make a few things work here. And, uh, I have some friends in Penticton that I have not seen in years and I badly want to see them. So, and, um, yeah, it, uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of beating around the wood with the job thing, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go into all that at a later date with the job and all that and kind of, kind of not, not, I don't, I don't ever want to say like, um, New Year's resolution. I always, New Year's resolutions are so hokey and everything like that. I'm not talking about that, but, um, there were some things that my wife and I sat down and talked about and, uh, talked to other people about some close friends with and, um, yeah, and I, I kind of some, uh, what are the, reprioritize. We got to pri- prioritize a few things. And, uh, 
you know, the overtime and all that stuff is great. And, you know, you get the money and all that, but, um, you know, you, you're, you miss some things too. And, uh, I think I have to make better use of my time and, uh, yeah. So anyway, people are just listening. What, what are you talking about? You're kind of all over the, pl- I know I'm kind of all over the place right now. It'll, uh, it's, I know, um, I'll talk about that at a later date. We'll, uh, we're going to keep moving. I got to go to the farm here in, a, in an hour. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, get going with this, uh, with this list business. Um, Literally, like I said, yeah, folks, uh, I know I'm kind of speeding, rushing through things here, but, um, um, and it's, it's like, dude, you haven't had a, you haven't done a show in two weeks. Now you get on here and you're trying to hurry. Um, yeah, it, um, like I said, it's, the schedule has kind of been, well, when you, when your schedule hasn't changed in like 17 years and all of a sudden when it does, it's like, it's like a little kind of a mini chaos going and, uh, you know, and I'm not used to these long shifts anymore. So, uh. Yeah, um, and, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm here now. Oh, I'm just babbling at this point. God, shut up already. Um, let's get into this list. Well, we'll do some sponsor stuff here, and, uh, you know, and then we'll, we'll get into this list. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Seattle and Pittsburgh, big matchup. Seattle's been hot, five-game winning streak. Uh, you can get them at plus 120. Uh, another one, if you're into player props or game team props, uh, the Canucks, first goal, minus 150. Something to look at as they play Columbus Blue Jackets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, that's code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-6. 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right. It's, uh, what is it here? It's the, uh, stadiumtalk.com. The most hated hockey players in NHL history. The top, uh, well, apparently it's a top 50, but this guy sent me the, uh, the top 10. But, um, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we need to go through 50. 10, ten top 10 will do. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Who is number 10? The NHL's, well, I know we've done most hated lists and everything else before, but, you know, whenever there's a new one that comes up and I got, I got my list guys sending me stuff. So, um, Oh, by the way, if you, if you ever want to get a hold of me, you want to, if you found a list somewhere and you think it'd be funny for the show, uh, send me the link, um, hockeyfights at hotmail.com if you're not on social media. Um, or if you're on social media, I'm Fourth Line Voice on Facebook as well as on Twitter and Instagram. 
Just send me, my DMs are open, as the kids say. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, even if you don't have a list, you just want to bullshit, send me, tell me a story. You got a cool picture to send or something, or just tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, who do you think should be on the show? You know, whatever. I just like hearing from you guys. 2024, let's really open up communication here. I say this every, every episode, send me stuff, and I'll get, not, I'm not getting lots of emails and stuff, but I do get some. <laughs> And, um, but yeah, 2024, not only for myself, but for you guys for listening out there, let's, let's open up the lines of communication. Let's talk more. You know, I think, uh, you know, instead of just, you know, we all live in our own little bubble and do our own thing and, you know, we don't, we don't communicate anymore. Yeah. Let's, I think we should communicate more. And if you want to come on the show, let me know. I'm always open for having people on. So the less people have to listen to me all the time, the better. So all right, let's get into this list. Here we go. Uh, number 10, Billy Smith. All right, well, there you go. The Hall of Air, four-time cup winner, Vezina Trophy winner, most historic shoot. was a dubious one. He was the first goaltender to use his stick as a lethal weapon on a permanent basis. All right. He was like King Henry VIII on skates, a madman who treated intruders like some... Yeah, he's a dirty hockey player. I think everyone realizes that. Sniper Mike Gartner once said he seems to get away with that type of thing, and that's and that seems to be what gets him going. Oh well, there you go. Yes, he uh, battling Billy Smith. Um, the one thing I will always say about Billy Smith that I always dig when you watch some of the fight clips, though, he'd like take his helmet off and like take his shit off and like wave everyone off and like square up with the guy. Like go watch a fight with him and Lanny McDonald. It's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, he get into it with Semenko and all those guys. Um, but um, Hey, four-time cup winner, man. The guy was a money goalie and Hall of Famer. So there you go, Billy Smith. Number nine, Tom Wilson. Uh, just check out YouTube for a comprehensive list of Wilson's jerk moments. <laughs> There's plenty of time for him to move up on this list, yet we blame the enablers as much as... as w- what? Yet we blame the enablers as much as Whip for his criminal behavior. Oh, is Wilson's nickname Whip now? Okay. We're looking at you, Lime Mate Ovechkin. It's hockey. It's not ballet. And your ex-head coach, Trot. Seriously, some people would love to wring his neck if they could just find it. And you, too. The one-time goon, George Peros. For him to be the league chief, the league's chief police is like Jack the Ripper as a Supreme Court justice. Oh, look at the, the whining going on in the, uh, the stadium talk. Um, I mean, whatever. I mean, Wilson... New age fans, he's their boogeyman, but it's like, believe me, when you grow up in 80s and 90s hockey, Tom, I like Tom Wilson, but you grow up in 80s and 90s hockey, Tom Wilson is just there, like I said, I mean, you know, I guess he's the boogeyman nowadays, but, you know, actually, he just threw a hit the other night, guy for the range, Wilson's coming into a gauge, the guy literally just quickly turns around, faces the glass, and gets like run right into the glass, and it's like, well... Play stupid games. I mean, you know, you know, so actually in that sense, reading the comments, everybody was like, well, I don't know what you think Wilson's going to do. Um, can do about that. Um, yeah, I always liked Tom Wilson. I mean, you know, am I running out and buying jerseys or anything? Well, no, but I mean, you know, whatever. I saw a player, good player, 30 goal guy hits. He'll fight when he has to. I mean, eh, whatever. Number eight, all Samuelson. Okay, well, now. Here we go. Should have been number one, probably. 
Um, contrary to popular belief, the RoboCop defenseman did not end the career of Cam Neely with a reckless low hit. As Neely said himself, the fatal thigh-knee injury was a result of earlier confrontation in which all ducked his attempted hit in the corner. Coward ducked a lot of things, namely fisticuffs, which made the league-wide disdain for him as much more intense. What did it say for the league that the Penguins needed an enforcer like this to hoist back-to-back Stanley Cups? Well, he wasn't an enforcer, uh, so I don't... Who is this guy writing this? Um, Al Samuelson wasn't an enforcer. No, in fact, well, back then, I mean, I I mean, you know, fuck Al Samuelson. I hate Al Samuelson, but as a team, you would want this, like, you know, just that, yeah, that, just that mean, dirty defenseman clear out the net. I mean, guy had a a solid career, and I mean, you know, I mean, um, but yeah, he, uh, I mean, took out Pierre Mondu's eye, wrecked countless knees with Scrudelin and Neely, and, you know, um, no, nah, the guy's a piece of shit, but, um, I'm sure as a teammate, you, uh, you liked him having, you liked having him on your team. Number seven, Claude Lemieux. Well, there we go. The hits keep coming. Uh, Claude the Fraud is ankle deep in so much excrement, it took the gloss off his reputation as a clutch player. The nonsense started in 88-89 when the rookie bit Flames Jim Poblinski in the playoff game, yet, there, that was nothing compared to the blindside hit that broke the face of Chris Draper in the 96 playoffs and defined the Avalanche Red Wings blood war. I can't believe I shook that guy's fucking hand after the game, Red Wings Dino Cicerelli famously said. That pisses me right off. Um, yeah, I mean, Claude Lemieux, uh, dirty as shit, but clutch player, great playoff performer. Um, yeah, the hit, that hit on Draper was brutal. Um, I will say, actually, when Claude decided to fight, he actually wasn't, like, not that, oh, he was a heavyweight power forward, no, but he actually wasn't that bad at it. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy was a clutch player, though. I mean, you know, I mean, you wanted him on your team in the playoffs, without a doubt. And, um, you know, I mean, I can't stand him, but at the same time, I mean, you know, he's got the, he's got the credentials to back it up in terms of the numbers, but, um, yeah, not a fan, that's for sure. Number six, Marty McSorley. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, the McMeathead is known for two things. An unconscionable two-handed stick swing that damn near killed Canucks enforcer Donald Brashear late in the 2000 game and the illegal stick penalty in the 93 Stanley Cup final that might have cost the Kings their first ever championship. While the guy had some talent, it's a cold-blooded head hit that will forever be his legacy. It came with three seconds left in a blowout loss. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Um... I mean, uh, well, McSorley had a great career, um, you know, and he, and he certainly turned himself into a, a solid player. Um, but yeah, the, the guy is correct. He'll, he will be forever known for the Brashear thing. Um, there's no defending it. I mean, I love Marty. Marty's one of my favorite tough guys of all time, but I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could sit in with a straight face and justify his stick swinging at Brashear's head. I mean, I know Marty has said he tried to go for his shoulder or whatever. And, and then other people, oh, Brashear brought it on and blah, blah, Well, I get the antic part and making McSorley look bad and all that. But yeah, Brashear did do that uh, with the dust, you know, and really talking a lot of shit and whatever. Uh, regardless, um, <laughs> that doesn't deserve a stick in the head. So I don't, if you're going to sit there and tell me that, um, you know, I question your mentality as well. I mean, I'm all for tough hockey and everything else. And Marty could have just jumped him, grabbed his, dropped his stuff and started wailing on him. I mean, whatever. But to baseball swing a guy in the head, I mean, that's just ridiculous. So, 
Uh, you know, and I'm I, like I said, I love I love me some Marty, one of my favorites. But I'm not going to sit here and I can't. I'm not going to defend the stick thing with Brashear. And uh, and like I said, it is unfortunate that's kind of what he's known for. But he did play 900 games before that incident. Won a couple cups and uh, turned himself into led the league in plus minus one year. Yeah, he's a solid player. Um, but that will forever tarnish his legacy without a doubt. Number five, Eddie Shore. Oh, there you go. By all accounts, the great, the first great NHL defenseman was almost as nasty as he was talented, which is to say very much so. Future Hall of Famer was nearly the first player to kill someone on the ice in the era without helmets. For days, Toronto star Ace Bailey laid near death for the massive brain injury result of a thunderous hit from behind. Short claimed the blow was accidental, but was suspended for 21 games. Bailey's father was a was among the less forgiving. He had a 45 revolver at the ready before a team official calmed him down. We're pretty sure that qualifies as hate. Um, yeah, I mean, Don Cherry has often said that Eddie Shore was the meanest person he ever met in hockey. Um, and this is when he was an owner and stuff, Eddie Shore. Um, yeah, the, the, I mean, obviously who knows the Ace Bailey thing. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, it's known that he did it and everything else. I mean, the stories of Shore and, I mean, back then in the 20s and 30s and stuff, I mean, that was, that was a level of violence that none of us could comprehend. Um, you know, not saying it was right or anything, but that was just a whole different, whole different deal back then. And the equipment, there was no barely any equipment and anything else. So, um, but yeah, at, at Eddie Shore, as Darth, as Don Cherry calls him, the Darth Vader of hockey. Number four, Todd Bertuzzi. Yeah. All right. Ah, oh, the horrific sequence in the 0304 season. Big Bert went from semi-respected power forward to a villain of a monstrous proportion. It's a sucker punch. From behind, left avalanche forward, Steve Moore unconscious, concussed, and three broken vertebrae in his neck. The guy never played another game. Perpetrator issued a tearful apology afterwards, but it was too late to undo the damage to the victim, the sport, the league, and his legacy. Um, as I would say, I'm not sure you can call it a sucker punch when you tell the guy for a minute and a half that you're going to do it. Going up and down the ice saying you're going to do it. So it's not really a sucker punch at that point. Um, I will go on record and it's not, and I mean, I'm not saying I, you know, I wished his neck would be broken or anything like nothing, nothing like that. But I've always said, um, if Steve Moore had just dropped the gloves and fought Bertuzzi, it would all been over with. Instead, you tried to draw a penalty in an eight, one game. I'm really not sure what you tried, what you were doing as Todd Bertuzzi was beside you going up and down the ice saying, let's go, let's go. You're dead. You're dead for a minute. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what Steve Moore thought he was, was going to happen. I don't know. And, uh, I mean, obviously Bertuzzi wasn't trying to break his neck. Let's stop talking stupid. But he was mad. It was his buddy that got concussed. But everybody seems to forget Moore got suspended for his elbow on Marcus Naslin, uh, and he, who he concussed, and that, which led to all this. Like, again, this ass-kicking didn't just fall out of the sky. So, um, you know, he brought it on himself. He knew it was coming. They told him they were going to get him. Um, he'd fought earlier in the first period. And they were like, ah, then it should be done. Clearly it was not done. Then they decided to run the score up as it was 8-1. I've always said that the Avalanche... I don't know if the Avalanche coaching staff just didn't like Moore and decided to put him out there. I'm not sure why... He, the guy's the most hated guy in the country by the... You know, and the Canucks are all trying to kill him. And you run up the score 8-1 and then you decide to put him out with a minute left. It's like, alright, well, I don't know what you thought was going to happen. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I know Bertuzzi played... Bertuzzi was never the same after... Um, yeah, it was just it's just a real unfortunate incident, but uh, I I guess that's I'm I'm sounding callous where I don't um, 
I don't completely let Steve Moore off the hook and act like he's completely innocent and all this. I, I, uh, you have to be a little more aware of what's going on. So, you know, and it's interesting as it's gone on later in life. I know Brad May, there's a bunch of people that have called Moore out for like insurance fraud and they said it was all bullshit and, um, you know, and he was out golfing later and everything else. It's just, uh, you know, that story is for another day, but I'm just saying that's been out there. You can go Google it if you'd like. Uh, it's an interesting read about uh, about the aftermath of the incident. So, anyway, there you go. Number two, or number three, I guess, Sean Avery. Uh, psychopath admits that he's unhinged from as far back as he can remember. I never waited for someone to tell me the rules, he said. I always thought there was a kind of way to come in the back door. The back door included physical and or verbal assaults on anything from opponents to referees to law enforcement personnel to even rules of the game. Even in retirement, the lunatic smashed the car window of a neighbor who he claimed he tried to run him over. Um, I don't know. I, I was just... I liked Avery the player because he amused me. A good player. He's a good player. I think towards the end, I think his whole problem became he was too busy trying to be the character Sean Avery. Um, you know, his mouth put him out of the league. It wasn't for lack of talent. It, it's one, Once your own teammates don't like you, it's one thing if you're going to be like the Barnaby Ott, that type of guy. Every era has had those players. But those guys were all liked by their teammates. Teammates even hated Avery. I've had guys on this show that were that didn't like Avery. And, um, I don't know, I see his, I know now he's all over social media, he has his own podcast and everything else, and he does these videos, and it's, you know, I guess it's he's clickbait or whatever he's trying to do, and maybe he believes it, I think half of his bullshit is just to get people wound up, and, you know, basically how he used to do it as a player, he now does it verbally on his podcast, it's like, I don't know, he's always got something stupid to say, or just get people wound up and whatever, um. I think Avery, the person's a goof, but I don't know the interviews I see. Again, I know he's probably playing a character and everything else, and he has his little GoPro while he was riding his bike around New York and stuff in the bike lanes, and he's, like, just starting shit with people. It's just like, I don't know, get a fucking life, dude. You know, like, you're upset because the UPS guy is carrying boxes through the bike lane, so you're going to stop and chastise him and, no, you don't like it, let's fucking go. You know, like, oh, okay. Like, you're a hero, you little dwarf. I don't know. That part of it, like Avery does some funny shit sometimes, but other stuff, it's like, you ever see the one when, when Bissonette goes, like Spit and Shakeless goes to his condo in, in Manhattan, and it's just like, he just comes across like such a goof. It's just like, I don't know. I'm not an Avery. His personality just grates on me. And it's, I guess it's not just me, it was most of his teammates too, so. But on the ice, I actually really enjoyed him. He cracked me up, actually. I like those kind of ratty guys. Because you can say what he wanted. He did fight, though. I mean, he had a hundred and some career fights. So, you know, it wasn't like he was hiding. So, um, yeah. I get it. Number two, Chris Pronger. Uh, one of the, the, the six foot six size, considerably talented, uh, would be a better human, but in the case of this ogre, one couldn't be more wrong. The guy turned more stomachs than a week old burrito wherever he went. Sobbed his way out of Edmonton after one successful season. Yeah. <coughs> there was other reasons, but, uh, whipped out on the Florida Panthers in the playoffs and mocked the media more than once. Uh, and when the prima donna didn't get his way, the refs allowed him to get away with a lot. He resorted to enough elbows, high sticks, and foot stomps to warrant not two, not four, six, but eight suspensions. Um, I never got the Pronger, like, Pronger's a Hall of Fame player and everything else. I don't know why somebody just didn't kick the shit out of the guy, though. Uh, cause he couldn't fight. 
Um, yeah, he was dirty as shit. Uh, like I said, great player. Um, but yeah, I, I was never a fan of Pronger. Um, I was just like, I'm like, why doesn't somebody just beat this clown's ass already? Um, yeah, but definitely Hall of Fame player though. Um, but here, number one, here we go. Number one most hated. Oh, well, Dave the Hammer Schultz. So there you go. Um, of the dozens of flyers over the decades, why this loser? No brainer. The Hammer was the baddest of the bullies, the criminals who single fistedly set back the sport in the league years, if not decades. <laughs> His brutal assault, the helpless Ranger defenseman Dale Rolfe in the 74 playoffs was beyond reprehensible and defined the ugliness of the era. I love that one. Do that on the street and it's jail time. Well, if you actually did any penalty in hockey, it would be jail time. That would all be assault. Uh, I can't just go trip people either or cross-check them or anything. Uh, do that in the NHL and you're hailed as a tough guy. Still wonder how the best sport can have the worst league. Oh, this ter- tremendous, the crying in this, in this list. No wonder this guy sent me the list. Um, Oh, this, why this loser, no brain. Well, he wasn't a loser. He won two cups. Um, oh, the crying. I can guarantee you whoever wrote this probably was not even alive or paid any attention to the Flyers. Um, I don't know, the Dale Rolfe thing. Yeah, I guess, but such is the mindset of the 70s. So, um, I, again, I could imagine new age fans and new age writers watch 70s stuff and just are just horrified. At what they're seeing. And oh it's set the game. Lead back decades. Oh, okay. No one was watching it back then anyway. It didn't matter. Um, I, I, I could tell the. And the people watching it. I'm sure the fans. I've never. Like I said. Anytime there's a fight or anything. I, I don't hear people booing or leaving. So. Like I said. The only the only people that ever seem to cry about it. Are the ones that get in for free. Um, so. Um, I'm down with Schultz. I mean was he dirty? Yeah sure. Broad Street Bullies. Yeah, I can't sit here and say with a straight face they weren't dirty. Of course they were. But so were the Bruins. So was the Blues. I mean, so were lots of teams back then. Um, and I always like these people that try to, like, you know, they, they, they put this, like, 1975 mentality into today's hockey. Well, if you did that now, you'd be in jail. Okay, you know. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, like I said, if you, if you tackled someone, you'd be in jail. So... If I ran a pick on someone in the produce aisle at Walmart, I I could go to jail for assault. So it's um, yeah, to do that in the in the streets and it's jail time. Oh, okay, I love when people like try to use that one as like their big their big defining, like this is why it's bad because if you, it would be jail time if you did it on the streets. Okay, uh, anyway, there we go. There's your list of the the newest list of the most hated NHL players of all time. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, the writer, I think he's probably still having nightmares entering the new year. Um, well, there we go. That was a fun little, a fun little read for the first list of 2024. Um, there we go, folks. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that'll sort of wrap it up. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we're getting ready to go go out to the in-laws, so I better get going here. But I want to thank everybody who, uh, I know a couple folks reached out. and Well, not a, I shouldn't say a couple. A lot of folks reached out um, asking how the job's going and wished me well with the new gig and everything else. And I, I greatly appreciate that. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, 
we'll get back in the groove here schedule wise and uh and everything else here uh, right away so uh we'll be back to regular scheduling program here and uh right right before i can get to go to vegas in february and mess the whole schedule up again um but uh well folks i'm gonna say oh we're gonna grow this show bigger and better in the 2024 Eh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I do have, I do have some things in the fire, um, some irons in the fire about some things that I do want, that I want to do. And, uh, hopefully in the next, uh, weeks and months coming, we can, uh, we can make sure that we can make those things happen. So, but in the meantime, as I always say, I know there's hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, hockey podcasts to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it. I really do. And, uh, and again, in, in the new year, Lots of uh, well wishes there for a, for a happy new year and Christmas and everything from many of the listeners, which um, was awesome. And I love the, like I said, I love the feedback with you guys and, and thank you for always supporting the show. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, like I said, once, once the schedule gets solved here and uh, we get in a regular groove and get days off and everything, um, I do have some, some projects that I want to, that I've had on the back burner for a long time that I want to get going and I think you guys will enjoy hopefully you guys enjoy them and uh yeah but we'll cross that bridge when we get there so anyway folks thank you very much for tuning in and uh yeah we will uh, we'll talk to you cats on Wednesday thanks everybody and you people that don't like fighting how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on